father's tent There you are You're running for your life You're a shooting star And all the years No one knows Just how hard you worked But now it shows In one shining moment It's all on the line One shining Coaches, welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. Coach Kevin Furtado. Hey, if you want to know who are the best high school basketball coaches and leaders in our country are, you need to stay tuned and listen to the Championship Vision Podcast. We have some of the most renowned and best high school basketball coaches and PE teachers from around the country. Coaches you might not have heard of, but have amazing ideas. And I firmly believe every coach in America has genius within them. It's not all about the state championships. It's about the impact you have on your kids and your community. So stay tuned to the Championship Vision Podcast. Coaches, welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. Coach Kevin Furtado. Today is episode 173 with Coach Quincy Lewis, the head boys basketball coach at Lehigh High School in Lehigh, Utah. Lewis comes to Lehigh with an impressive resume. Basketball fans may remember Lewis as a former star player at Tempview High School. He was named 3A MVP as a senior and went on to play at Dixie State University, where he finished as one of the top 25 scorers in the nation. His father, Tim Lewis, was a very successful coach at Tempview. The love of basketball was a family tradition for Lewis and continues to be a passion for the coach who was named the National High School Coach of the Year by Max Preps and Naismith. Coach Lewis says, I have a strong ties to the community and I'm excited to be the coach at Lehigh. They have a great basketball history and I hope we can continue that tradition, said Lewis. Lewis was Lone Peak's head coach from 2003 to 2015, guiding the program to a dominant decade that included seven state titles and Max Preps National Championship in 2013 after finishing with a 26-1 record. Lewis has coached at UVU, SUU, BYU, Hawaii before coming the head coach at Lone Peak High School. For 12 years under his leadership, Lone Peak won seven state titles, four titles in the 5A classification. 22 of his players have gone on to play college basketball. He was the assistant coach under Dave Rose at BYU and most recently was the athletic director at Tempview. He is married to Debbie and his father of four children. Coaches, let's welcome... Coach Quincy Lewis, the new coach at Lehigh High School. Welcome. Everything good out there? How's it going? <laughs> good. How are you doing? How are you doing? 
I'm doing well, Coach. Man, I appreciate you joining me. Uh, I know you're busy right now trying to get things in order, but uh, I really appreciate you uh, coming on the podcast and sharing with uh, coaches from around the country. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Um, Coach, first of all, um, Izzy Engel, highly recommend you. I, I know you know Coach Engel, and um, he says if you want to know – probably a great program builder. You got to really talk to Quincy over there. At, um, well, at, at one time you were at Lone Peak and so forth. So, but, um, but I appreciate you coming on and uh, giving us some wisdom. <laughs> yeah, no problem. He's a good guy. Absolutely. Hey, kind of talk a little bit about, uh, first of all, congratulations on your new position there at Lehigh, man. It sounds like, uh, sounds like you're uh, ready to kind of get a great program, continued success, right? Yeah, you know, I'm uh, excited to kind of get in there with all the young guys and, you know, see what we got and kind of get moving again. Absolutely. Um, hey, just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself, about growing up in the game and how basketball, what basketball meant to you and how you kind of that transformed you into the coach you are now. Well, I was I was fortunate uh, growing up. My dad was a, a longtime coach. Um, he's, he's actually in the Hall of Fame in Utah for coaching and uh, he was an assistant coach at Provo High School, which is a uh, has a great tradition in the state of Utah uh, for a number of years. And then he uh, took over a head job at Timfew High School. And so I grew up, uh, you know, I'd go to elementary school, run across the street and go to his practice every day. And, uh, you know, just doing that just developed a, kind of a love for the game and just love being in the gym and putting on my sneakers every day. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. I, I speak to so many coaches that grew up in coaching families. Um, it's just in your blood, isn't it? I mean, is this something – did you ever think of doing anything other than coaching? Yeah, well, my, my dad said, whatever you do, don't ever be a coach. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so so I tried my darndest, but, uh, but I, right. in the end, I couldn't, I couldn't help myself. Yeah, absolutely. And, and other than your dad, um, and I always think that's cool that, you know, when your dad's a coach, you kind of grow up in that that heritage there. Uh, who are the, What other mentors kind of shaped your philosophy? Because you've built some great programs. You seem to have really a great basketball mind. Who kind of shaped your philosophy? You know, there's been a number of guys, you know, obviously uh, some of them that, you know, I worked for or played for and others that you just, you know, maybe you watch on championship videos or, you know, different things like that where you, you're impressed by them. You know, I, in particular, I love the the Dean Smith and Roy Williams stuff. I, I just think those guys were great. Um, but I, I played back east at Wagner for a guy named Tim Capstraw. His, his assistants were Matt Brady, who's now at Maryland, and Jimmy Ingles, who's at Columbia. And those guys were great to play for. I learned a lot from from all those guys. Um, and then um, then I worked for some great guys. Uh, Ken Wagner at BYU Hawaii was a longtime coach. Uh, he was great. Dave Rose at BYU, he was great. Uh, and then a guy named Jeff Reinert, who's now at College of Southern Idaho at JUCO. Um, I worked for him at Utah Valley, and he was he was really good to work for. Yeah, is there anything that any specific thing that, that you pulled from their um, their philosophies that you're using right now? Yeah, different things. You know, Jeff Reiner, he was great. He was just he was great at being able to uh, manage his program and build really good relationships with players and with community and with administration. And I, I you know, before I'd worked for him, I didn't understand maybe the importance of all those different aspects of the program, and that's. That's one of the biggest things that I got from him. He was he was just fantastic. Uh, you know, Ken Wagner at BYU Hawaii, uh, Hawaii, who had a, just an outstanding career in Division Two, was a he was a real um, X and O guy, and he he's always he's one of those guys who's always drawing something on the napkin, or you know, always has ideas. He's bouncing off you, and that that was my first job, and it was really interesting for me to just go in there and just learn a lot, you know, from him uh, from that standpoint. So those two guys, I, I really picked up a lot from. Yeah, and talk about your experience with Lone Peak. Um, Lone Peak's a nationally ranked program that you built up there. Uh, and that's where uh, Izzy really said that, man, he, he learned so much from you about feeder program and building it the right way. Now, I know you're not at Lone Peak right now, but what – uh, talk about program building, things you did at Lone Peak and now what you're going to be doing at, at Lehigh. 
Yeah, and I'm sure, you know, a number of coaches, you know, they, you know, they have to build from within what their boundary is. I mean, there's some that, you know, can go out if they're at private school and things like that, and they can recruit a little bit, which is, which is nice. But I, but for us at Lompica, we had to do it within our boundary, which, you know, you know, you maybe have, you know, three or four miles, you know, around that you've got to build your program from. So what it turns into is, you know, really understanding uh, who all your younger players are. You better know who your best third graders are. And and this is the part maybe that I, I really learned a lot from my dad and, um, and how he built his program at, at Timview. And, and it really, it goes into, you know, what you do in basketball camps and, you know, in a basketball camp or, you know, sometimes you walk into a camp and kids are just running around and it's all games and it's, you know, and things like that. But uh, what I've learned is, basketball camp is about teaching just individual skills and you have to intermix that, you know, with some competitions and certainly have fun, but, but it, it's about teaching and giving kids fundamental things that they can work on. And, and uh, really during a camp, you're, you're selling those kids and motivating those kids to be better players when you're not around because you can't hold their hand, you know, day in and day out and meet them at the gym every single day. They've got to, they've got to decide they want it somewhere along the way. And so, there's different ways, you know, we, we try to do that in the camp. We try to recognize kids either through, you know, we, we I'm old school. I, I give trophies away for the one-on-one champ and <laughs> camp. And I, I sure. love that. You know, mm-hmm. I just think that's a great thing because a kid takes that home in third grade or fifth grade and they stick it on their shelf and, and they look at it all year and they say, you know what? I want to be a ball player. You know, now we all know maybe eight or nine years from now that trophy might be long gone, you know, but the most important thing is that it's there for that, few years and you know and they and it's a motivator and you know we recognize kids after camp we give out extra shirts we give out gatorades you know recognizing mr hustles for the day but we just try to be positive and try to encourage kids to be interested in basketball and play basketball away from the gym yeah i love that and i totally agree with that coach um i i speak to a lot of coaches that are you know particularly in this i live in georgia and and atlanta has tremendous amount of transfers that go in and out of atlanta all the time i'm not sure if it's like that in utah but i think times are changing but i still think there's programs that have kids that grow you know start in the third grade and end up playing for you that's kind of rare these days kids are moving all over the place is that a big problem yeah, you know, it's happening more and more, you know, in our state as well. So, I mean, I, I don't I don't know. I mean, you guys probably, you know, I mean, you guys have seen that because you have more private situations than maybe we do. Um, but we're moving more and more that direction. But I, for me, the best, uh, you know, as I look at it, the best that I can do with it is try mm-hmm. to build within our own program. You know, and really the year that we, we won the national championship, all those guys were homegrown kids. You know, the kids mm-hmm. that – they just live a mile or two from each other. There weren't kids coming from 30 miles away in Salt Lake or anything like that. They were all, these were all homegrown kids that just come all the way through our program. And, and, you know, I, I see the advantage, obviously you have a transfer come in. That's, you know, a really talented kid that can make an, a, an impact right away. But the, the difficult thing to me with a transfer, just like it is in, in a college situation is that transfer doesn't understand what your culture is. And it's, it's maybe tough to infuse, all that in a short period of time. Whereas if you have a homegrown kid, that kid understands what it means to put on the uniform uh, of your school and what you expect. And that, that really is an advantage. And the, the, you know, the years that we had success, you know, national stand from a national standpoint, those are things that really helped us because it it meant a lot to our kids to put, put on the uniform. Yeah, absolutely. And I think those are, um, those cultures can still be built, though, but it takes a lot of work these days with parents and so forth wanting too much for their kids, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, hey, talk about your first meeting. Uh, I'm sure you've probably already had it, whether that's through Zoom or personally. Talk about your first meeting. Obviously, you can't give all the details, but uh, what was one thing that you said to your kids, hey, this is how we want to continue on with this program? You know, uh, with this this new job that I've just uh, taken at Lehigh, um, you know, our, our goal is to win the state championship. That's the first thing we say. 
but our focus is to get better day in and day out. And, and there's, there's a big difference between those two. I, I want them to see what we want to get, where we want to get to at the end, but also for them to understand that day in and day out, that's, that's, that's what we really have to lock into. And that's, you know, kind of what we talked about. And I know the word culture gets overused, but, but it just is true. It's just true, you know? And, you know, I, you know, I kind of go back to, uh, I was reading a book by Urban Meyer who really has a lot of good things to say, I think. And he had one of the quotes that I've heard. He said, uh, culture eats, eats strategy for lunch. Right. And, uh, and I really, I really like that. I, I, you know, I think that's true. Yeah, absolutely. And you're <clears throat> obviously connections, a big part of that. What are you doing? Like, now to really connect with your kids are you starting workouts yet or what are you doing now and this is kind of a good advice for those coaches who are actually starting programs right now yeah kind of a kind of kept kind of t- tough time to get a job <laughs> exactly <laughs> you know, right. you're right uh, <laughs> you know but uh you know when i first got the job middle of may we uh we were on a, i was on a few zoom calls a few phone calls uh texting just trying to connect um especially with the, you know, obviously the players who are coming back. Um, we did a few videos uh, with me talking to, you know, parents and community through the school just to kind of introduce myself to them. Um, since June began, fortunately, in Utah, we're able to, to work out with the kids again, um, you know, with obviously okay. some restrictions and some protocols for them to get in the gym. Um, but we've just barely got to get going. And, uh, you know, really we haven't put in – I've been with them now for three weeks doing stuff and, you know, haven't put in one play. I haven't even thought about putting in one play, anything offensively, defensively, anything. All we're doing is uh, doing individual work and a little bit of just open gym just so I can get to know them because it's, it's, it's just hard to walk into a situation, even if you film on them and understand, you know, have an idea of what you've, you've got, but, I think you got to work with your kids, you know, in person a little bit before you can really start implementing any ideas. Yeah. And obviously that comes through experience on, cause I think a lot of young coaches go in and say, Hey, you know, we're going to run you, we're going to do this. And they, and they kind of, they kind of reverse in kind of a different order. They kind of build it from a different order. I think that's key, right? Building relationships right from the beginning. So the kids can trust you. Right. No, it's true. And, and you know, it's funny, Kev, when I, when I first took the job at Lone Peak, I was just a young guy. I was like 31 years old, and uh, and I wasn't very smart. I came in and said, this is what we're doing. I had no idea what, what players I had. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I said, this is what we're doing. This is what I've always dreamed of doing. And uh, looking back at it, I was fortunate, really fortunate, that it actually kind of fit what we what we had. I was really fortunate. And uh, a couple of years later, I was, in that, I was using the same stuff, and it didn't fit all of a sudden. I learned a lot, you know, real quick, you know, um, that you have to – you have to mold what you're doing to your players uh, instead of the other way around in my mind, at least. Um, but the one thing that I, I think uh, with what we're doing right now is exactly what you said is if players have to connect with you, you know, you have, they have to be invested in you just like you're invested in them and, and relationships are so important in that. And, and one of the best ways to have a relationship with a kid is just, Hey, teach them something, help them be a better player. And, and now they're now they're kind of with you, you know. If you if you walk in the gym and start barking orders and things like that without a relationship, that's going to be a little bit more difficult. But you show them something that can make them better, um, and teach them, then I think you have a chance. Yeah, that's a great point, Coach. Because um, particularly out here, you know, we I and many other coaches, a lot of our kids play um, also outside in AAU. I have a kid that plays on a Nike Elite team and so forth. Um, we have to do a better job as head coaches. I feel like in today's game, we have to spend more time with them to build their skills because when they go to these other programs, they're also, you know, establishing relationships. And too, do you think it's important for head coaches to do more these days as far as skill building? Even? I, I do. I, I really do. I, I think that maybe in days past, you know, maybe, you know, when you and I maybe played, you know, ball in high school or whatever that, uh, a lot of times, maybe the coach was in the gym with you a little bit, but uh, you were you're going out to the park, or you know, you're going to find a gym, and you're kind of working on your own. And uh, there wasn't highlights, there weren't instructional videos, really. There, you know, 
lucky to see an NBA game on TV. I mean, so it was, there wasn't as much instruction. There wasn't as much information that was out there. And, uh, but now with all the information that's there, you know, if, if the high school coach doesn't give it to you, somebody else will, if they, if they want it. And uh, for me, it might as well be the high school coach because you're the one who's going to be spending most of the time with that kid. And if you want to develop a relationship with them, that's to me, that's one of the best ways you can do it. And, you know, really we're all deficient in different areas, you know, as far as um, what we can teach, you know, skill wise to a kid. But with all the, like we said, with all the videos that are out there, I think that uh, we can all kind of improve our game, you know, year to year by saying, okay, today I'm going to, I'm going to watch video on, you know, in and out cross, or I'm going to watch video on just a straight cross or misdirection, you know, and I'm going to learn how to teach that, you know, and I, I think that we all have to be learners, you know, before we can, you know, before we can really move into the next next, next step with kids. Yeah. And it sounds like, um, you know, at Lone Peak and now Lehigh, it sounds like you got, you, you're really interested in becoming a master teacher because you don't build a public school like Lone Peak by just throwing out the balls and so forth. You have to be doing something to separate Tell us about I can, and I believe in this also. I think the best coaches are the best master teachers. You have an ability, just like you just said, to teach something and it sticks. Yeah, you know, I, I and I think you you probably agree with me. Many coaches would that there's just way, way too many games these days, and it's um, it's it's giving kids candy before they deserve it, and it's. You know, again, you, you go back into the 80s or 70s, there, there really weren't that many leagues for kids to be in. And uh, and so a lot of what they're doing is one-on-one or individual work and things like that. And and to me, the kid, the time when a kid's going to improve the very most is when they have the ball in their hand. And, and you ask the, yourself when that is. Well, it's individual work, then it's one-on-one, two-on-two. And you can build up to five-on-five. But to me, when you get into a, a game in the spring or the summer, really what a kid's doing is he, he's going to fall back on the things that he already does. And he's going to get a little bit more experience, you know, uh, playing against, you know, competition, you know, and things like that, which is, you know, certainly positive. But as far as like developing his skills, that's not necessarily going to happen to a great extent, you know, in the five on five games. And so one thing that we try to do uh, at Lone Peak and now at Lehigh is, I like to run a lot of open gyms where there's there's no structure, you know, other than it's a four on four game. I like four and four in the half court okay. because because it more kids touch the ball, you know, and they learn about spacing. And I don't want to control everything too much. I want our kids to learn how to play. It's the easiest thing to do is put in the you know the set play or the offense. The hard thing to do is have kids learn how to actually play the game. And you know, I just, I just like a little bit of unstructured play with kids. Yeah, that's a great point. I think that's unique because, uh, you know, most pickup games are, you know, five on five full court and, and what, what always happens, right? Coaches, it just gets a lot of lazy habits. So I love that idea of four on four half court. Um, Hey, talk about, talk about your, what are you going to come You're coming now to Lehigh. You have a sounds like you have a good returning team. How are you going to build in your offense and defensive system? Kind of teach us coming into a new program. How are you going to do that? Obviously, it sounds like you're going to observe first and then make decisions, right? Yeah, yeah. So, like I said, we're we're doing a lot of individual work right now. We're doing um, open gyms, um, and we'll do that for maybe another week or so. And I think we'll step into, you know actually teaching some offensive concepts and and defensive concepts and and like i said fortunately in utah there are some things that are going on where we can get in tournaments and games and things like that but i i i want to give us a base before we really get into all those things and um so we'll, we'll take it step by step we'll, we'll teach a, a concept you know just as simple as you know a drive and kick and and how we space you know whether we loop when to loop when to you know, to fade, when to, you know, so we'll, we'll just go through some basic things and then we'll kind of add the offense in after that. 
Yeah. And uh, do you um, like during the during the summer and so forth, do you put in more your offensive system or you're going to put in more your defensive system? Because we're limited with time, right? We, we are a little bit limited with time. Um, I, I, you know, I probably won't put in a lot of set type stuff, you know, in, in the summer, but I do try to get my basic philosophy with the offense and the defense in. And I don't know. I, I my dad gave me a good piece, piece of advice long ago. And he said, it's <laughs> the principle, keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> you know? Right. And I do believe in that. Uh, the things that you do, uh, you do really well. And your kids know it and they can execute it, you know, and I, I think that's that's a really important concept. You know, even if you don't have a talented team or you do have a talented team, I think that you can you can fall back on that that concept. Yeah, that's so true. And I, I, I want to go back to your individual skill development, because right now I coach girls. And uh, we can't use a ball right now, coach. So it's really oh. tough. But um, <laughs> So uh, what we're doing right now is uh, we have what I call the Titan games. And I, I try to make it fun for the kids. I believe you got to make it fun for you yeah. and the kids. And we have stations set up all the way around. And this year we're focusing on uh, quicker feet. Uh, we do a lot of quickness drills, agility drills, because we're trying to we play against teams that are more athletic. Uh, what are you doing right now skill wise or conditioning wise to get your teams ready? You know, that's, that's a great idea. You know, I mean, you don't have a, don't have a ball. We have rules in Utah uh, in the fall um, at certain points where we can't use a ball in the gym. And so we have to, you know, focus on similar things like you are. Uh, I think the, the one thing that you said that is, is really important and I don't care what level of ball you're playing, there has to be an element of fun, you know, for the kids. I mean, or a player in college, I mean, they have to, they have to enjoy what they're doing and want to come back and play hard and, you know, things like that. That's a great point. Um, for us individually right now, um, not, not a lot of conditioning. I mean, we'll, we're doing some weight, weight room work, but um, we're really focusing on, you know, we've actually been able to start running a, a basketball camp right now. And so, oh. so really my basketball camp mm-hmm. is, I, I just teach our individual workout is, is pretty much all I, you know, I do, you know, intermixed with some games and competitions we just teach our individual workout. Um, and I just, I tell our kids, Hey, if we can all just be 10% better than what we were last year, just think what we can be. Yes. And, and you're, you're inheriting really a pretty good program, aren't you coach? So it's, uh, they already have, you know, certain expectations. How do you do that mentally though? Cause I'm used to coming into programs that have been really bad and trying to build it up. You're coming into a program that's, already established. Hello, this is Craig Reed, owner and CEO of Corny Board Aids. We specialize in providing coaching aids and equipment for the basketball coach. We are also home of the Corny Board, the original sideline coaching board. I want to recommend Championship Vision Podcast. It is a great way to get insights into what other great coaches and leaders do in their programs. Kevin Furtado brings a great tool to coaches with this podcast. Thanks, Coach Furtado. Hey, this is NBA skills coach Drew Hanlon of Pure Sweat Basketball, and I'd love to help you get game results this season. Check out a free trial of my Pure Sweat training app on the Google Play and App Store today. And building it up. You got a tough job. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's, well, it's, it's twofold. The, the, the school in Matt has actually got the, the second most state championships in the history of the state, but they haven't won right. one for for about 20 years wow and, uh, they won the region championship last year which was a huge step for them because they hadn't won a state playoff game in nine years so so it's a little bit of a mixed bag although i do have some a really good core coming back with these guys and and i guess what you say is hey the, the previous coach did a you know a really nice job of uh being able to, to win a region championship and now you know what our goal is to you know build from that platform and, you know, you know, part of it, I, I think you got to be smart as a coach. You got to look at, you know, maybe the film and, and what they did the previous year and say, hey, what they do well? You know, I haven't got the corner on, you know, on the market of everything that needs to happen here. You know, what did what, what they do well? And let's thing away. You know, let's let's uh, let's see what they did well. 
and then maybe we can add things to that that we think that can be better. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I think some, sometimes people uh, come into a new situation they and they criticize the past coach and so forth when, when I think it's actually just the opposite. I think you praise the last coach, give them credit for the good things that they've done. And I think you build allies and you build positive uh, connections with your players more than if you come in as the negative, little negative attitude. Yeah, there's, there's no doubt. And, uh, and it can be really tough. Like you said, you came, came into some harder situations, but I just think it's uh, maybe it's the best way to be able to enter a program, you know, and uh, even in, you know, a, a situation that maybe has been negative, pull out a few of the positives that actually happened there. Just say, Hey, these, some of these things are really good that happen. And we're going to try and keep those things going. And then we're going to try and add these things. And, you know, because, you know, you've got kids there and some of them may have not loved the previous coach. Some of them may have really liked that coach. And but whatever the case is, I just think there's a right way to do things and maybe a, you know, maybe a wrong way. Absolutely. That's great advice. Coach, um, talk about, and I know you're busy. I know you got to get to your camps. Talk about uh, some key things to building a coaching staff. To me, that's the one of the hardest things to do is yeah. to build a really good coaching staff. How do y'all do it? Yeah, you know, and again, I, I've had, you know, I, I worked for some great guys, but the first first job that I ever had uh, at BYU-Hawaii, I was, I was working for this guy, and I sat down with him the very first day, and I said, okay, what do you want? You know, you know and I'm thinking, hey, he's going to have me, you know, work with the guards, or he wants this, or he wants that, or, you know, whatever. And he says, well, there's one thing that's uh, more important than anything, and the thing that comes second is a long way down the list. And, you know, I'm on the edge of my seat, and what, what, what is it, you know? <laughs> And he says, uh, loyalty, hmm. loyalty is sure. what we're trying to do. And, and so that always stuck with me. And so the assistance that I brought into the program, I mean, there's some that I could have brought in guys who knew a lot more about basketball or about this thing or that. And, but what I've tried to do is I've tried to bring in good people and then teach them what I wanted to have done. And, and that I think is, immeasurable because as you know and 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 many of the coaches know is that you know what happens during the season is you know those assistants are the ones that parents and kids are going to approach and how strong is their constitution you know are they are they going to have your back and that's a big part of what your culture is as a program because if they've got your back and there's the, there's no cracks right there I, I think it makes a, a just a, a major difference in what can happen in a program. And so I, I focused on trying to make sure I get the best people I could get in my program, the guys that are with me, you know, and I don't have to worry about that stuff. Yeah, loyalty is so key on that. Do you try to go inside the school with teachers or you try to go maybe outside the school of community members? You know, the, my first choice would be inside the school, but at Lone Peak in 12 years, I didn't have one assistant inside the school. And that, mm -hmm. that was, that was not planned. That's not how I would have liked to have done it, but it was, that's just the way it worked out. I didn't have one assistant inside the school, but here at Lehigh, I have, I have one assistant who is going to be in the school and that, that really helps immensely because they just, they, they just know where, you know, where the kids are at, you know, academically, they see them in the hallways. I, it, it's really a positive if you can have somebody in the school. It, it really is. Um, but I've done it the other way, too. Yeah, I think it works both ways. Yeah, because I think inside the school, they, they can see all the kids in different, you know, within the school all day, which is, to me, very important to building that relationship. Coach, talk about your perfect practice motto. Like, what are you trying to achieve in a perfect practice? You know, we never get the perfect practices, right? But what are you trying to achieve in your practice? You know, we're going to hit a little bit of everything. Um, and if somebody were to look at our practice plans from maybe like when I was at Lone Peak, they would look very similar day in and day out. You know, we, you know, rebounding is the first thing that we do every single day. We have some okay. kind of rebounding drill. And, you know, I, I get variety by doing different drills. You know, I might have four or five that I use, and I just rotate those four or five and they're basically going to give me the same thing. And the, the variety is maybe what just keep, keeps the kids fresh with it a little bit. But pretty much my practice plan, uh, other than the time, is going to stay the same 
day in and day out uh, through the whole season. You know, we're going to have, you know, half-court offense. We're going to have, you know, 10, 15 minutes of individual work offensively. We're going to, you know, we're going to break down defensive drills for 10 to 15 minutes. Then we're going to have four-on-four defensive drills. Then we have three-on-three defensive drills. And and so we it, – it's going to look very same. So my kids, they, they walk in and they – they don't even have to look at the practice plan. They probably can look at it and say, okay, we basically know what's going to happen from 10 minutes to 10 minutes to 10 minutes. It's, it's pretty much the exact same. Uh, and so I, I try to give us a good balance of, of what we're doing. I try to go from uh, drill to drill quick. I, you know, if I've got 10 minutes on something, I don't want to go over that 10 minutes. You know, I want to, I want to, there's a reason why us as coaches have planned that out is because that's what we, felt like we needed to do. Now, you can have some flexibility in practice, obviously, but but I try to keep it to what the plan was because that's something that I've kind of thought through, and there's a reason why we wanted to do it that way. Um, but more than anything, the one thing that I just, uh, you know, I, I just won't accept, though, through the whole practices, you know, we have to make exceptional effort, and I, that's the one thing I absolutely will demand of our guys is our effort is – from the first minute to the last minute is our effort is, is, is there. And we, you know, we can make some mistakes with this thing or that and, you know, whatever, but the effort is the, the thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and do you believe, and just by watching all the great coaches and I, this is things that I picked up too. I think your practice protocol is just like how I run my PE classes. They uh-huh. know when you call certain things, they know what to do. That's important, isn't it, Coach? It is. It is. And I, I think, uh, you know, some people say, well, don't your kids get bored, you know, doing that, you know, doing doing basically the same things day in and day out. And like I said, if there's a little bit of variety within, you know, the action that you're trying to teach day in and day out, I think you can kind of pull away from that a little bit. But I think one thing that kids like is they like the routine. They know, right. they like knowing what to expect, just like a PE class. You know, they like knowing what to expect. There's, there's comfort in that to them. And, you know, as, as long as the effort is there and the competition level, you know, is pushed, you know, then I, I think that you're going to accomplish really good things. Yeah, I love what you're saying there. And I think it's important that routine is, but don't you think we have to um, – you got to get your kids to compete and there's a progression, right? So if, if it seems easy, you as a coach have to add more variance or add it, make it tougher for them. Right. Oh, no question. And and you, you do that step-by-step, step, you know, so you asked me previously, okay, how are you going to start this thing? And um, well, we're going to start just baby steps of teaching, you know, what we need to do offensively or defensively. And we'll just, start ramping that up as the summer goes and, you know, maybe in three or four weeks we can start adding, you know, more competitive drills, you know, to that um, where there's a score and there's a winner and a loser and things like that. But for the first little while there, there won't be too, too much of, of those things. And I, one thing I do think is important in every practice though, is I, I think that, I think there has to be just a scrimmage time, you know, uh, I'm not a big believer in um, running to run. Um, right. I, 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 I like all my conditioning to have a basketball element to it. And so I would rather have them scrimmage for 20 minutes after a practice than run them for 20 minutes after a practice. Yeah. And I talk to a lot of coaches and they start out like as really like strong drill coaches and then, then they end up later in their years. It's like, coach, they, hey, we do a lot of scrimmaging now more than we used to. Why do coaches learn that later on? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I, you know, again, I was fortunate to be a coach's son and the guy who was, did a pretty good job. And that was that was how he ended every practice was fifteen to twenty minutes of scrimmaging and very few stoppages during that fifteen to twenty minutes and. And, uh, you know, before then you have a lot of drill work and a lot of, you know, different things like that, a half court offense or half court defense. But I, I think it's, it's good conditioning wise. And it's also good to get out of their hair just a little bit, you know, and, and let them play a little bit and see, you know, all the things, you know, kind of where all their hard work has taken them. 
Yeah, it's so true. It's like a test. I mean, I think it sounds like you're quizzing them throughout. You're teaching them. There has to be some teaching moments in practice, right? Not just yeah. drills. Do you think we drill too much rather than teach? I know it's a tough question, but I think we actually drill too much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if just running through drills, you know, without teaching, then I, I think that's a tough one. I mean, you go back to the, you know, the Johnny Wooden method where, you know, he, he's going to, he's, I mean, every teacher knows this. You're going to, you're going to show them and you're, you're going to show them the perfect model and then you're going to repeat it and you're going to let them do it. And then you're going to repeat it again and you're going to teach it again. And um, constantly teaching things over and over and over again, I think is important. Um, and so, you know, when you teach something one time, they can kind of get it. You know, some kids may be more than others, but you keep teaching that same that same action, whether it's, you know, a defensive slide or whether it's jumping to the ball or whatever that is, you know, little by little, they can come close to maybe what the perfect model is. And so, and you know what kids like to be, te- they like to be taught, you know, as long as there's not too much talking, you know, right. just be, you, you talking the whole time, you know, it's quick, it's to the point then you're out and you're, and you're doing it again, you know? And so it's gotta be, it's gotta be snappy. Right. And I think, and you've been around a lot of great coaches. I think the best say less, right? I mean, it's quick and sharp, but I've known I've been around a lot of coaches who over talk that's wasted time, isn't it? You know, I think it is coach. And, you know, you've certainly, you know, you've certainly seen that and many of us have, but it, I don't know. I think we all can fall, fall into uh, just loving to hear ourselves talk in practice. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, particularly, you know, if things aren't going well, man, we just want to talk, talk, talk. But, um, hey, Coach, before you go, give me one great drill that you guys do. Of course, now I'm talking about drills. But um, something you do in your practice that, that a coach listening can kind of take home with them. Well, you know, I um... – one thing I really that we picked up, well, I picked up a, a while ago from um, uh, Bob Hurley. Um, he once came out and spoke at a coaching clinic. He called it the change drill uh, defensively. And I thought, you know, we played them, you know, once, you know, back in 2008 or nine or I can't remember when it was. And I thought that was about as good a defensive team I'd ever seen. <laughs> and, um, you know, we, I ended up talking to him after and he, he gave me, this one drill and I've used it ever since I even used it, you know, in college and uh, you have four guys out there. It's four on four and they pass the ball around and team, your defensive team is jumping to the ball. And when you blow the whistle, uh, the defender who is guarding the ball has to run to the sideline, touch the sideline. And then everybody okay. else just, uh, and so it's four on three briefly. And so there's no way the defense can be successful unless they're not aware of where the ball is and they're not moving quickly and they don't communicate. And so the guy who's running into the back, into the play that touched the sideline has now really got to communicate also. And, and really, if you think about it, there's so many important things that you can learn from that because, you know, defensively you wind up in chaos repeatedly. And so how do are you, how can you be successful in chaos when things don't go exactly how you're, perfect drill that you run in practice goes you know how how can you be successful and so it puts a lot of pressure on them and you know and guys aren't getting off the floor until they they do it exactly perfectly how we want it done you know and uh, there's there's other things you can do with that change drill you can do it in transition you can do it in the half court you can do it with kids making a pass to the wing and doubling away so you, so there's a so you know, now there's a change drill where guys are doubling away or they're passing and cutting. So there's a lot of different ways that you can run the drill. But I felt like it just made our team just really fly around and be aware of the ball and really help each other. Yeah, and that's that. not only game-like, it's probably harder than a game and so forth. You really force them to communicate. Now, do you call their name out? How do you do the uh, the change? You, you call just- name out? Yeah, we just we just blow the whistle. I just blow the whistle. Um, so they're moving the ball around the perimeter, and uh, there's four spots: two on the wing, uh, two at the lane line extended, and um, say like it goes to the wing, and I blow the whistle. Whoever's there on the wing has now got to sprint, you know, to the sideline, which is you know three or four steps, 
But in the meantime, the guy with the ball right there is now driving the baseline. So you better have a guy in the hoop that can slide over and cut the baseline off. And then your weak side guy has got to cut off the, you know, the pass to the weak side corner. Yeah. And so you, it really puts your defense in a, in a spot, but that's what happens in games, you know, you know, or it's a double away. Like I'm at the top and I make a pass to the wing and then I'm going to double away, you know, uh, for, you know, player on the weak side that's on the wing and he's going to come off to the top of the key. And in the middle of all that, I might blow the whistle. And so everybody's got to be aware. Everybody's got to be seeing the ball. The only guy who's not seeing the ball is maybe the guy who's chasing the double away, but the guys who are guarding the screeners, they need to be able to see the ball and help us get out of that, get out of trouble. And so they realize they're all connected. They're all connected. And if one guy is lazy or one guy isn't communicating, then you're going to be on defense for a long time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. On that, it really emphasizes your, you know, your help techniques, your positioning. I, I mean, I love that. Uh, we're definitely, I'm going to steal that one from you coach. So, um, uh, we, we, we actually did it a little bit differently, but I'll, I like how you're touching the sideline. Hey, what did you learn really quick from Bob Hurley, man? What a, what a true legend, man. Bob Hurley, probably one of the best coaches of all time. No, he, he was. And, um, you know, we, we played them down in New Mexico on this T-Mobile tournament uh, one year, and um, they ended up winning the national championship that year. We, we battled them for a while. We couldn't get them. They were, they were really good. Uh, and I happened to be the president of the Coaches Association in Utah, and I talked to him after that game for a while, and I ended up calling him later you know, in the, the summer after that and said, Hey, would you come out and speak to all of our coaches? And he was good enough to come out and speak to all of our coaches. But in the meantime, uh, went out to lunch or out to dinner with he and his wife. And I, I just sat there for two hours and just talked basketball with him. You know? <laughs> and, um, and it was great because, you know, you know, he's, um, he's a guy that uh, he's going to demand things from his team for sure. And I, uh, and I, I really liked, you know, the, what his approach was. And the thing is, it wasn't, you know, sometimes you talk to somebody and they've got a lot of great ideas and things, but then you see the team and they don't quite do all those things. But when right. you talk to him, his team did those things. And there was no question of how they were going to, you know, execute their game plan. And, you know, but I, I just thought he was really impressive. Defensively, they are off the charts. Uh, offensively, I, I, I liked what they did too. They were pretty simple, you know, but they, what they did, they did well and they shared the ball. And, um, you know, he, he was very impressive, very impressive. Yeah, he's, he's, I think he's sorely missed. I think we need more coaches like uh, Bob Hurley in our game and so forth. So, but uh, I know he'll stay, stay in touch. He'll do a lot of clinics and so forth, of course. I have all his videos and so forth. I always wanted to talk to him and so forth. So uh, maybe I can connect with him one of these days, coach. I don't know, but uh, talk about a great coach. Hey, before you go, talk about one word that will describe your team this year or, or, or how you want your team to emulate. Just one word. Effort. Yeah. Just, just, just simply effort, you know, because I think uh, all of this is probably figured out at some point. That if, if you haven't got full effort from your kids, then you can drop whatever play you want, but it's, it's not going to matter. If you can, you can drop whatever defense you want, it doesn't matter. Your, your kids have to really, they have to make that effort. And that's a full time commitment, right? Coach, practices all the time. You want a 100% effort 100% of the time, right? No, I mean, when, when you're coming into, even coming into an open gym, you know, the, the second you cross that line, everything changes, you know, the, you know, the competitiveness, the effort, the fight. I mean, we, we keep track of every win and loss in our open gym, you know, with our kids and we post it every week. Yeah, I love I, that. I, I want them to understand. I, there's, there's no such thing as walking into the gym and not being ready to play. You know, it's, it's ready to play all the time. Yeah, that's what separates the great coaches like yourself and so forth. Open gym is usually very, you know, relaxed. I love that. I, lo I love how you're keeping score because I think everything should be competitive as much as possible. And kids love that. Coach A, I really appreciate you sharing, man. I, I know you got a, a lot of knowledge and so forth, got a lot of great experiences. I appreciate you coming on to uh, share with our, our listeners. Thank you so much. Hey, Kev, I uh, appreciate you having me on and, uh, 
uh, appreciate being an advocate for high school basketball. It's a great game. Absolutely. And I, I think on Friday, um, you, I know, you know, I'm Paul Peterson over there at Wasatch. Um, I'll be interviewing him. So I know Wasatch has a pretty good program. Not as good as Lehigh though. <laughs> <laughs> well, you give, give Paul a hard time because Paul was out of BYU Hawaii also. So I, I know Paul pretty well, but give him a hard time. All right. I will coach. Thank you so much. Hey, have fun at the camp. Okay. Yeah, we'll do. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, coaches, this is Brad Hillegas, content producer at Huddle for the NBA, NCAA Division I, and high school basketball. I'm a big fan of Coach Furtado's podcast, Championship Vision, because it connects coaches around the country that want to continue learning and growing our beloved game. The X's and O's, coaching philosophy, teaching principles, they're all here. And that's a mission that we're working on at Huddle as well. More than 160,000 teams, including the best in the world, use Huddle to elevate their performance with video. But our collection of online tools is much more than that. Mobile desktop apps, smart cameras, video editing, data analytics software, the list goes on. But our goal is to help coaches like you teach the game in a modern way, whether that's connecting with your athletes, communicating your game plan, or looking to gain a competitive edge. And if you want to see how Huddle can help your program, visit Huddle.com. That's H-U-D-L.com to learn more. And of course, keep listening to the Championship Vision podcast to never stop learning. Hi, I'm Alex Stevenson, athletic director and girls basketball coach at Dodd City. I've been at Dodd City for seven years. During those seven years, we've won seven district championships, been to six regional tournaments and three state championship games. I'm a huge fan of this podcast, what it brings and the platform that we're able to share knowledge and wisdom on and, and grow as coaches.